0: Heart-Centered Sales Leader Podcast, your one-stop shop for building client relationships, scaling your business, and ultimately growing your income. When you are looking for your next step in personal and financial growth, we've got you covered with your host, number one international best-selling author and heart-centered sales expert, Connie Whitman.
1: Welcome to the Heart-Centered Sales Leader Podcast on webtalkradio.net. Of course, I'm your heart-centered sales leader and host, Connie Whitman. Now, every week as you listen, you know, I, I know I feel like a broken record. I really want you to start to shift that mindset that this thing sales, right? No matter where you're coming from in your business, that sales is not icky, sleazy and manipulative. We need to come from a place of love, care and respect. And to help you with that mind sh- mind shift, uh, mind shift, yeah, mind shift, go to my website, com and do slash CSA for your communication style assessment. It's just going to help you understand how you're showing up from a communication perspective. It gives you the superpowers and you know, I think the blind spots are even more important to understand what isn't natural to how you communicate during your conversations with prospects and clients. So whitmanassos.com slash CSA. Now my quote today is by Roger Digladyne? I probably said that wrong, but Roger says, if you care about privacy online, you need to actively protect it. So have you ever wondered what it's like to build your business the right way so that you avoid some of Probably the biggest legal mistakes or pitfalls that are out there. And does the process of safeguarding your business sound so overwhelming that you haven't even started or you kind of let's put it on ignore right? Or perhaps you think that certain big businesses I just did air quotes for my Apple podcast listeners uh, the, that big business strategies just don't apply to you and and here's the deal guys. This is going to be an eye-opening episode. My amazing friend, beautiful guest, um, and brilliant attorney, Heather Pierce Campbell, you know, she and I are going to break down legal basics to help you more powerfully lead your business and make the right strategic decisions right out of the gate. And I'm beyond excited to share, um, Heather is, and I just love her Her mantra, website, whatever it is. But Heather is a warrior mama, nature lover, and dedicated attorney and legal coach for world-changing entrepreneurs. Now, she's based in Seattle. She's a mom of two little amazing munchkins, founder of Peace Pierce Law PLLC, home to her legal practice and the Legal Warrior website. Legal Website Warrior, an online business that provides legal education and support to information, entrepreneurs, coaches, consultants, online educators, speakers, authors, all around the U.S. only. Now, she has hordes of information. She hoards information, paper and books. While secretly dreaming of becoming a minimalist, to crack me up, <laughs> and relishes an occasional rare night with her hubby when the kiddos are miraculously asleep, and she could soak soak up HGTV without guilt. Please help me welcome my amazing, <laughs> great fill of full of humor Heather to the show. You crack me up, Heather. Thanks for being on.
2: Oh, thank you. So good to see you again, Connie. Yeah, my bio makes me laugh because it's like the biggest pipe dream is me becoming a minimalist, but I'm hanging on to it. I refuse to let that one go. You know what strikes me the funniest about you? We met probably about a year ago, maybe a little less than a year.
1: But the thing that strikes me the funniest about you that you are so not that attorney kind of vibration, you're goofy, you're fun, you're loving, and you have this brilliant mind on top of all that. So like you're the full package, you know?
2: (laughs) Oh, oh, thank you. I accept. I, um, I have a big, huge heart for entrepreneurs and it's, you know, business and law just happens to be the perfect overlap for me. It's a way that I can solve complex problems. I have a brain that wants to be very busy and when I can get to work on a problem that has lots of moving parts, different levels of priorities, it's, it just brings me a lot of joy to help people be able to find solutions to those kinds of problems. So it's, and business, I really believe that entrepreneurship is the path for change makers to create the greatest good in the world. It's yeah. just. We have such an opportunity to create influence and create income, which can also then translate to influence in our personal lives, in our public lives, however we want to share ourselves with the world. And I just think it's really important that people – have the resources they need, including in the legal bucket, to take care of their business the right way and
1: yeah, think about it. this country was founded by entrepreneurs by small businesses, mm-hmm. farmers right the the local and the li- little towns so that's really where we come from and then obviously, after the you know industrial revolution, we have more corporate, more bigger type of organizations. Mm-hmm. but the reality is the innovation is happening in the small mom and pops where we have an opportunity mm-hmm. to be more more intimate. And I don't mean that in a weird way, I think with our clients. So we really see what's going on at this deep level versus just corporate talk and boardrooms, not that the corporations Mm -hmm. don't have their place. But I think that's the backbone of innovation still in our country, you know, again, in the United States, but I think globally now, because after the pandemic, we're playing in a bigger market, which is Mm. kind of fun and exciting
2: and that in and of itself. So, yeah, well, and the point that you make about small businesses is really important. I want people to hear this because I think so many, so many entrepreneurs and small businesses um, minimize their role in the marketplace because they just feel like this tiny fish in a really big pond. And, you know, while partly that's true, the reality is that the collective power that we have it's significant 99 more than 99 it's like 99.8 or 9 percent of businesses in the u.s are small businesses so the yes from a numbers perspective we are the marketplace from a gdp perspective collectively we make up 42 to 43 percent of annual gdp so certainly the big corporations have a big footprint but we do, too, as well. And what I want people to understand, that part that you just mentioned about small businesses having an opportunity to create more intimate relationships with customers, this is how change gets made in the world. Yes. This is, you know, even the communities that you and I are a part of, the thing that I love so much about small businesses is we literally have the opportunity to create family out of our colleagues, out of our friends, out of our clients. It's it is more intimate. And it's like the other day I woke up when you really get to know your clients and you're connected with your clients and you care about your clients, they're a real face, they're beyond just, you know, some name on your list. Like I woke up last week before I went on this trip. I was gone for 5 days, but one of my clients had been really heavy on my mind and I woke up on like a Monday or Tuesday thinking like I need to call this person and literally I'm in my email that morning and I get an email from him saying, sorry, I've not been in touch. Mm. My grandmother just passed away Mm. from COVID. Right. And I just, it was just this knowing. And to me that is an example of what happens when you're truly connected with people, right? You, you have a level of like having a circle and being able to support each other in ways that big corporations cannot so I agree. I agree. It's
1: funny, you know, in the morning I I try to meditate right mm-hmm. first thing before my, because my mind brain like yours, it's go, 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 right? As soon as I hit the the ground, I'm running. What's the next thing I need to do to fit in and, and create whatever it is that I'm doing that day. So I kind of pause and I do a little meditation. And one day a, a name popped into my head. And I thought, wow, that was weird. I better, I better email them. I wonder what's going on. And it was the same thing. I emailed them and they were like, wow, like, how did you know you were on my list to call? I have somebody I need you to meet, you know, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, like, how do you know that? You just know it because you do have these very deep, intimate, and, and I don't mean that in a weird way, guys, but a really mm-hmm. nice, intimate relationship where we truly care about each other at the deepest level beyond colleagues or like, what are we creating? Mm -hmm. How much money are you, you helping me earn? It's not about that, right? It's about that human to human connection. And it, you know, it's funny, Heather, uh, because you remember prior to COVID, everything I did was live. So my, Mm -hmm. I was really more East coast than anything. And now the show put me a little bit global, but now with the networking that we could do because of zoom and not being able to travel, right? Mm-hmm. I have this whole global connection. I have friends now in England that like we text each other. You know, how did you make out when you got the shot? Like stupid little texts, right? From yeah. England, from France. I have another uh, colleague, somebody from India. So it, all, and you, West Coast, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we're miles of miles apart. And there's this wonderful uh, connection of people that I've had the opportunity to meet that I never would have met had COVID, and listen, COVID was bad. I know, like you just said, your friends, you know, grandpa or whoever it was passed Uh away, and it's heart-wrenching. But the opportunity that was created equally, I think, is just cool. And this is why the legal piece of the conversation is just so darn critical. So why do you see, because you deal with entrepreneurs, right? So yep. why do you see that entrepreneurs and small business owners, they, they don't get the legal support probably that they should and need? What's, what's the, the yeah. deal with that?
2: Yeah, well, and it happens, just so we're clear on numbers, when I, again, prior to COVID, I'd always speak live, right? And I'd be at an events and I'd ask people in the room and it was always big groups of entrepreneurs, how many of you have a legal need that you know is unmet in your business, right? Mm. They know that they have a legal need and it's not met in their business, like 80 or 90% of the room would raise their hand. And the ones that weren't were like, I'm sure I have one I just don't know about, (laughs) right? (laughs) But the thing is, when you get into the why of that, there's a whole slew of things that come up, right? So, I think people generally have some fears around tackling legal stuff in their Mm. business. You know, they, they fear the, what it's going to mean for their budget. They, their fears around, are they going to connect with an attorney who actually understands their business and is going to be able to help them by the time a lot of people connect with me, They're so frustrated because Mm -hmm. they've been on this journey of like trying to find somebody who understands their business model. And they might get somebody that understands, you know, traditional business or can help them with business formation or maybe set up a contract or whatever. But they don't have the full picture. Most entrepreneurs are still missing the map. They don't know where they're at on the map. And so there's a level of intimidation there and fear around getting help. But there's also just very practical considerations where, you know, from the standpoint of things that we keep, I call it our, um, you know, that list of like, I should, I should oh, do sure. this, mm-hmm. I should of course. do this, right? I call it tolerations in the coaching world. They're called tolerations, things that you carry around with you that you don't address. Legal is on that list for a lot of people, and oftentimes they're so busy doing other things in their business, and, you know, and then you add the complexity of finding the right attorney, how is this going to impact my budget, you layer that on top, and a lot of people just talk themselves out of it. They say, oh, I've got great clients, you know, that problem would never happen to me, I don't need to worry about that because I'm a little fish, there's so much of that kind of talk. I don't need to worry about that because I'm just a little guy. I'm not like Starbucks or Nike or some of these big international companies. So I don't have to worry about privacy. I don't have to worry about intellectual property. It's just not true. It's, um, You know, the reality is, and I just ask people this, the reality is the, it's not about your budget. It's not about what you think you can afford. It literally is about what can you afford to lose? That's right. And most people don't understand that until they're in that place of really facing some tough choices. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That could cost them their business, could cost them their home, can cost them, you know, millions of dollars potentially depending on the size of the business and how many assets you have. So there's a lot of moving parts um what do you see as the biggest legal risks that online entrepreneurs face because maybe they're not seeing the client live where they say well I can't cause injury because I'm not seeing my people live right so right. but what is but there's still huge exposure on the online pr- uh, perspective
2: right absolutely and this is such a good question because And actually, if we back up for a minute and talk about statistics, Mm. 60 percent of small businesses in the U.S. are sole proprietors. They have not even taken the step to set up an LLC, a C corporation and S corporation. Sixty percent. It's a huge number. I mean, it's the majority of small businesses don't even take the step to invest in a proper business structure. Mm. And a sole proprietor, some people think like, oh, well, that's that's a legal entity. No, it's not. As a sole proprietor, like you might register um, a DBA, doing business as, mm-hmm. right, it's also called a trade name. Mm-hmm. That's just a way for the government to connect your trade name to your personal tax ID. That's That's why you have to register trade names if you're a sole proprietor. It doesn't actually set you up with a formal business entity. And so as a sole Hmm. proprietor, if you don't have an LLC, a C-Corp, an S-Corp set up, what it means is that if something goes wrong and you own a home or you have money in your bank accounts or you own vehicles or you're in a community property state and you're married and your spouse has assets – All of those things are at risk. There's no separation between you and your personal assets. So this is why in the online world, this is a particularly big problem because people think just like you mentioned, oh, I'm not meeting people in person. I'm not doing these things that, you know, quote unquote, typically have risk. So therefore, I don't really need to treat my business like a business. Not true. There's a whole different kind of risk in the online space.
1: And we have to be mindful of that because you don't, here's the biggest, here's what costs the most. You don't know what you don't know. Mm. (laughs) And when you don't know it, that's where you think out of ignorance, it can cost us time, time, but a tremendous amount of money or potentially assets and even maybe down the road of bankruptcy. So it's really important that you do meet with an attorney to go through different things. And it's funny because you've really been on my mind and it was the other day, Your email came up, uh, Heather does once once a month, you do ask me anything. And Mm -hmm. it was just so funny. I was in my office and I was in between whatever I was working on or meetings. And I'm like, oh, Heather's going live in five minutes. Oh, I got to say hello. And so, right, I checked in and, and you were like, hey, how you doing? And while we were talking... I don't know what I I had on my desk that I had gotten the trademark thing. And I thought, oh, I really just got on to say, hi, I love you. I miss you. And here I had a legal question and you answered the trademark, right? You have to re re up it every five years and then eventually 10 Mm -hmm. years. And it was a scam that I had gotten. So yeah. here I could have ended up spending twelve, thirteen hundred dollars 1300 on nothing. The money would have gone to a scam. So yeah. we don't know what we don't know. And see, again, was that divine intervention, Heather? It was so, because I, honest to God, when I got on the call, there was no, oh, let me ask Heather this. Right. It was truly to say, hey, how are the kiddos? What's yep. going on? You doing well? And then I thought, oh, wait, let me ask her this. She's a attorney, duh, right? Let me run a buyer. So things can cost us money like that if I didn't have a friend like you that I could say, hey, what is this stupid thing? And people would pay that twelve hundred dollars, thinking they had to re up it. So out of ignorance, I think we can yeah. spend money, but not knowing what the exposure is, I think is even bigger. Because that was a tangible example. But what if there are things that we're yeah. doing? And I'll just share one more thing because you have been on my mind. I'm rebranding. I'm redoing my website. I'm doing more digital stuff now after COVID. So my business has really shifted. But they're they're I'm building it yet. Like I don't know where ever. Everything is going to fall, but you're on my list to to call and say, okay, this is what I've created. What's my exposure? I don't know because I did everything live. I had contracts that were, I come, I deliver, I do. If it's inclement weather, we can rescate. I mean, it was all of that in a contract. Uh, what do I do now? So you're on my list as I'm building all these pieces and I'm solidifying with clarity of what, what's going on. Yep. I need you because it's it's a different business as far as I'm concerned, right? So don't yeah. you see that happening too where people are shifting that? Yes. Can you talk a little bit about that? I mean, I can't believe I'm the only
2: one doing this, right? Right. No, no, no. And, and you're not, people are having to shift and this has been both the burden and the gift of COVID, right? Yeah. So COVID hit and people who had not yet been online or been online in as big of a way as they wanted to right so it's it's partly why all of last year all of 2020 as soon as covid hit which here in Seattle was early i got back from an event in february and i was like this thing is coming over the hill at us like wow. we can see it coming i yanked my kid out of school end of february and then you know by Basically, the end of the first week of March, we were in lockdown here in Seattle, so I started that week emailing my list and offering ask me anything live because I knew we huh. have to get people online we have to get their businesses like you know protected we have to get them up to speed with you know it's, the analogy that I use is like every day we go out and we drive around on the roads, right, and we are presumed to know all of the traffic laws, correct. whether we do or not, we are presumed to know those just like any other area of law. It's true in your business, too. You are presumed everybody gets online. They're driving around online doing all kinds of business. They don't know the traffic laws, right? They do not understand the laws that apply to their business online, the vast majority, unless they're a business of the size that they have in house legal counsel. They've got somebody to support them with that. Right. There's advertising laws, there's privacy laws, there's contract laws. There's, you know, so many areas of law overlap in the online space. There's consumer protection, right? We have the FTC, which is the online watchdog, and their workload has gone way up. It's so unfortunate that in times of pandemics and crisis, there are a lot of sharks out there just like you received that letter that was a total scam, there are a whole bunch of people that try to scam people in crisis and um, and so the FTC has been even busier sending cease and desists and monitoring all of this online compliance. And so, you know, my job, I tell people, you don't have to go to law school, but you do know, you do need to know how to issue spot in your business. And that's mm. what I'm here for is to give you the golden nuggets. So you can see the issues and it, mm. hopefully avoid the biggest potholes.
1: Yeah. And it's funny, um, last year, again, playing in this online world, I was taking a lot of classes and I was hiring people just because I, I, you know this, you're an expert, can you teach me, right? So you pay people for their time, with um, which I'm cool with. And I bought this, I was on an online event and they had this person, and I won't mention names, but she came on and sold whatever she sold. And within 15 minutes, Heather, I realized that because then she went in after you bought, you went into a a private room and everybody was taking a break. I thought, oh, let me let me just see what deadlines are, because I was very, very busy between my clients. I was doing digital training, but I was book solid and, and learning all this new stuff. So, I mean, my time I was working seven days a week. So she said, oh, you have 30 days to use the service. It was 15 minutes after I'd made the purchase. And I said, no, I can't meet that obligation. You didn't say that. I, you know, my apologies. Mm -hmm. So I sent an email to her saying, can I have the refund? You know, what do you need me to do? My, I truly apologize for what a waste of everybody's time, you know, to process this. And I was even willing to pay the fee that she might have gotten hit for the, you know, this $2,900 purpose purchase. Well, you know, she wouldn't honor it. She wouldn't do anything for me. And so I went to my credit card that Monday. This was a Saturday the Monday and do you know the credit card um, they they weighed in favor of her so now i don't i didn 't get the service, and I have to pay the twenty nine hundred dollars on my credit card because i don 't want to get hit with the with the um, that was from last September I just got the, I, I appealed it three times so these are the things that but what i 'm saying is now this person clearly, whatever her documentation was. Um, Number one, okay, legally, maybe she was protected. Good for her, right, on the legal front. Mm. And my feeling... I I will tell everybody not to buy from her because she couldn't right. even honor what I was purchasing. That's not how we do business. But see, when you have the legal pieces in place, how you can be protected, yeah. even if you're doing the wrong thing. So the the yeah. message I'm sharing with everybody, Heather, is if you are doing everything from a place of love, care, and respect, and mm-hmm. like Heather, doing everything right, bad people are still out there that run out of money and come back to you and say, hey, I want my money back. So we need to make sure that we have that legal protection um, because you never know. People are funny, right?
2: Well, and this issue that you're talking about, right, chargeback requests, refunds, what happens after the transaction once you have a purchase online? Most people contact me as the owner of the small business after the fact because they did not have any terms in place. They didn't have anything to protect them. And so they actually delivered the service. They fully delivered the thing. And then they have to give the money back. So it's the reverse of what you experience, but it's awful for a small business to have to go through that because there's so much energy and effort that's usually included in coaching and consulting services, right? It's a, it's a big hit and typically a chargeback process costs somebody two to three times the amount of the original sale in time, fees, You know, if they've got support that has to help them, you know, behind the scenes in their business, it's a lot. And so the importance of in the online space, having all of your legal documents in order, up to speed, you understand best practices, you understand how to achieve what's called constructive notice, which it sounds like this woman missed with you, where they actually get constructive notice of the material terms. Here's what's going to happen. Here's how you have to use the services. Here's the timeline, right? sounds like she didn't walk through that or have it presented to you in in any way that was meaningful or significant. So, you know, there's a lot of steps to think about. And one of the big mistakes that people make is thinking, oh, I've got a template off the internet or from my friend. I'm covered. Thinking that it's about the document. Having correct legal documentation helps. The number of times that people get that piece wrong, I still, I mean, I could go on and on about that. But having the documentation helps, but it's not all of it. Yeah. You have to understand best practices. You understand—you have to understand how to achieve constructive notice. You have to understand how this is one more essentially business system yes. that supports your overall business. And you have to have all the pieces working cooperatively.
1: Yeah. And, and we don't know that. Like, mm-hmm. I'm good at what I do, right? Teaching sales and helping people make more money from that perspective. And really, really, you help people make more money, keep more money, protect. Yeah. I mean, it's so funny because yes, I help, hopefully I can help people make millions of dollars. That would be awesome. But on the yeah. flip side, by having the correct documentation, Heather, you can save people. Millions of dollars or losing everything that they worked a lifetime to achieve. This exposure is so real. And I, what are you, what are the biggest things so that everybody listening, especially here's the other thing too, Heather, and I don't know if you're finding this. A lot of people that follow me are executives and they, or even Mm -hmm. employees. They work in corporate America, but they have side hustles. side hustles we're talking about you too right so you have all these side gigs going on what is the exposure to you and your family and your assets so what what are some of the like typical things that you see people think oh i don't need that oh that doesn't
2: pertain to me and it could be some of the basics right it is it often is the basics so great question so number one is privacy You cannot be online building a business and collecting information without respecting people's privacy. That means having a proper privacy policy in place, knowing what it means to be collecting information and how to take care of that the right way. Mm -hmm. I get people all the time. I consulted with a woman yesterday who said, Oh, well, you know, I just have a landing page up, not a website. Guess what? A landing page is a website. The three functions that we do online is we publish information. We collect information yes. and we sell information, right? Or sell services that expose our information. You can do all of those through a one-page landing page, right? So people often, again, it's this idea of like minimizing. Well, I just do this little thing. I just, you know, I'm, I don't have this huge massive website. I just do this. Well, guess what? You still should have website terms and conditions, a privacy policy, and terms of purchase to cover whatever it yeah. is you're selling. Because otherwise there is exposure and you never know all it takes like the FTC here in the United States because um, people most people have heard of the GDPR by this t- point, which is the um, the privacy regulation that got enacted a couple years ago and really changed the online business world and was a was a particularly rough hit to small businesses because a lot of small businesses don't have the budget to implement some of the technology that the big businesses do to yeah. really comply with that law. That said, there are still some things that you can do to comply with privacy regulations, and most people are not up to speed with what that is. So, privacy is a big pothole, copyright is a huge huge risk for people. And especially if you've got team, if you've got somebody helping, helping with marketing, helping build your website, tons of people just outsource that stuff, thinking other people know what they're doing. And suddenly their VA has taken somebody else's image off the off their website or somebody else's photography, and they've plugged them into an email campaign. And then they're getting hit with a copyright infringement lawsuit. Right. So taking other people's content, the basic rule is that if you have not paid for it, created it yourself or have a written license to use it, you do not use it in the online space. And this includes teaching other people's content, teaching other people's topics. The number of time I have people come to me and say, well, I'm a financial expert, but I really like working from these books. And I'm like, well, did you write the books? If the answer is no, you cannot be teaching from other people's content unless you have expressed permission to do that. You're commercializing somebody else's intellectual property. Wow. And giving them, you know, they're like, well, I'm giving them exposure. That's not an excuse. That's not good enough. If you don't have permission to be using that content, it's not yours. Don't use it. So you can see how big of a pothole that one is. That's a huge pothole. Yeah, for people in the online space. Um, the other one is, which we talked a little bit about, transacting sales without having terms of purchase in place, because you essentially have no protection in place for that income stream and that merchant account. So somebody like last year, I had multiple multiple people come to me with 6000 15000 $20,000 sales that they had made during COVID. That then become, you know, became caught up in the chargeback process, Oy. They delivered the consulting services, delivered the coaching. But the other issue we have is our consumers are becoming savvier. Yes. They know they can just initiate a chargeback request. Yes. They know that without documentation, you're screwed. So this is part of the issue that we all face collectively in the online space is we have a more informed consumer today than we did yesterday Absolutely. and this inc- this includes in regards to privacy so you know there's there's a myriad of other things, but you know those are some of the big basics that get a lot of people into trouble
1: yeah, and they you know they're every one that you mentioned is just so important it's so easy to miss a piece, a slice of what the requirements are because you know I, I find it hard just to keep up with my business, just what I'm delivering and my clients and you know all the email, but I am very, very cautious with my email, of course, I have the unsubscribe. But the, uh, you know, we're part of giveaways and all of these things. So we have to be careful because I can't email someone unless they opt in to my email list. I can't say, oh, Heather, you're on LinkedIn with me. I'm going to take your email address and I'm going to start emailing you in an email campaign. I'm not allowed to do that.
2: Well, and this is a great point. So what you're talking about, and I love LinkedIn. I actually do a lot of connecting there, but I know exactly what you're talking about. So in the United States, the rule for the Can Spam Act, which is our federal level anti-spam law, is you actually can send a commercial email to somebody who has not subscribed to your list, but you have to have an unsubscribe option on every commercial email that you send. Canada not true. Canada you cannot do that and you have to have a double opt-in to have somebody join your list. In the United States, you actually can solicit business. Yeah, it's it's offensive. The part that I want to get to is that does not mean it's a good business practice. Right. And it irritates people. And when that happens to me, when I connect with somebody on LinkedIn and then suddenly I'm getting e- emails from them and like it's offensive. People don't appreciate that. So find a genuine way to connect with them and invite them into your world do not just automatically put people on the list because yeah. in my experience they're not gonna stay there for long no. nobody is nobody's looking for more email newsletters to sign up for unless true. somebody's gonna solve a problem for them
1: right and and yeah that is so true I've never ever uh, unless I said to the person can I email you even purse like an email yeah. if I have to send yeah. something do you want it here on LinkedIn or do you want just give me the email address, but I would never add them to my list unless they opt in for something that I'm offering, because that's inevitably what happens. Somebody follows you on LinkedIn or Facebook, whatever it is, and I'm on LinkedIn more than Facebook. And then all of a sudden I'll see them on my list. I'm like, oh, good. They were interested. Yay, and, yes. Yay. And that makes me excited. And it, the other funny thing, Heather, and I know you're the same with your list because you were part of a giveaway that I had done. And you, I think came out number one, you had more of your people, you know, you do the three emails or whatever, right? You set it up on your active campaign. But your people were engaged and sought out the information because they trust you. Same thing. I have Natasha uh, Tordodovic. I don't know if you know her. You know Natasha, right? And last time I came in third in her leaderboard. And I was like, I did! I was so excited. But that's because my LinkedIn, Facebook, and my email list they're engaged with me because I I don't send crap out. Like I really try to share a lot of good quality content. So, and and then it's funny, I get people email me back to my emails, which I giggle at one gentleman in particular. And he said, keep those emails con- coming, Con, love your content, love your show, because I email my show up, love the show, love the content. I always look forward to the new topic you know, of the week from you. So that, like, mm-hmm. it makes you feel good that that's what I want to build. I want to co- build a community, Heather, and I know you're the same way that we're engaged and we're seeking the advice and information, you know, from my network, from your network, all of those things. That's where, see, that's where the, the privilege I feel is a privilege when they follow me, mm-hmm. but that's where the magic happens that Together, we're, we're finding the right people in our community to continue to build and grow and just share bigger and better out in the world so we could do bigger and better things in the world, right? That's what, yeah. that's what we're freaking here for.
2: Well, it is. And again, this is one of the joys of small businesses. What you're talking about, it actually creating meaningful connection. Last year, and we talked a little bit about how this year, like January through April, I was pretty much not, although I had my monthly Ask Me Anything live, I was not doing my regular emails. Last year, it was like clockwork. If I missed a week, I was actually hearing from people like, I didn't see your weekly brief this week. (laughs) And that takes consistency, number one but it also takes respecting the rules. When you understand the rules and you bring a sense of personal ethics to your business, you get people on your list who want to be there. You are not just throwing random people on your list and having, you know, a crazy messy list, which some people do, right? Some people really burn out their lists. And so, um, you know, my job, part of the the overall structure that I provide, and what I tell people is like i help i know this is a i don 't know a better analogy, but I help grease the skids so that like you can go far and fast that 's what understanding the rules helps right. you do versus like hitting all the speed bumps along the way That's
1: you right. know yeah I know, and a lot of people out there in our in our space there you know I have ten thousand people. And like, do you get any sales from it? Is there any engagement from it? Like this guy, I didn't even know who he was. And he sent this lovely email and I responded like, oh, you made me, you made my day. I'm so excited. uh, You know, let me know if there's topics you want me to cover, right? So you have this genuine engagement with someone I've never met. I don't even know where this guy is from, but it was such a lovely, heartfelt email. That's the people I want in my community. That's the people you want in your community. And we can build that if you do it the right way, right? You, you don't want right. to, do, you, you know, it's like anything else, Heather. You throw enough spaghetti against the wall, it's crap against the wall, something's going to stick. That's not how you do business. That's not how I do business. We we try to be a little more strategic. Um, we're out of time. Oh my God, I yes. feel, like I, you know, there's so many more questions, right? Um, but yeah, you're in my orbit. You're stuck with me, your family. It is what it is. But <laughs> Heather knows this, right? We've been together for almost a year. Yes. Every one of you need to check Heather out, um, again, I highly, it's so funny, Heather, too anytime I talk to any business, anybody, and they say, oh, I'm doing a I'm like, Legal Warrior, got to check out Heather. Mm. If you need the introduction, let me know. And and this is what I get. Oh, yeah, no, I know Heather. <laughs> like, <laughs> of course you do. She's a legend <laughs> out in the marketplace, right? Oh, I just, I, I giggle. That. But yes, you're the well, only, and, and-, and, and my listeners listen to me, she's the only person that I recommend out there. Go ahead, you were going to say something.
2: No, I so appreciate that. Well, and getting back to your point about the side hustle because i know your audience is made up of people who are professionals yes. or have their own you know a job going on and then they're creating something on the side yes. back to that first point we talked about about having your business contained in a legal structure because if not if you're doing business actively in the world and you're a sole proprietor you know, your employee income is at stake, whatever's going into your bank account and coming into your life is actually exposed as a personal asset. So it's really important, even in the context of a side hustle that you understand what your options are, and you make a really informed choice that is applicable to your unique circumstances. If you don't have That's a different conversation that we're having than with somebody who actually has acquired and built up some assets in their life. Yeah, yeah. And and again, Um, we we have to do that planning. Totally. Am I okay to offer a free resource to people if they wanted to get some additional education? Oh, I'd love that. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, well, because... I know there's a lot of other things that we could have, um, you know, dived into today. And there's, you know, but I don't want it to feel hard, which is why I created this particular resource called the Legal Basics Boot Camp. It's a free boot camp that I created. And you can go to Legal Website Warrior, just how it sounds, legalwebsitewarrior.com forward slash Legal Basics Legal Basics. page that gets you into this free boot camp that. Yeah, Legal Basics Bootcamp. And that'll walk people through. I have a framework that is called my five bucket framework for legal protection. It'll walk them through that framework and give them some tips and tools and places to go look in their business to make sure that they're doing things the right way.
1: That's wonderful. I'll put that in the show notes, everyone. So first, uh, Heather's website Mm -hmm. is Legal website warrior.com. If you have questions specifically for Heather and you, you know, you want to have a conversation, again, I recommend her highly. It's info at legal And then the uh, free resource is, or the, the, re- yeah, the free resource is legal slash legal basics with the, with an S boot camp. Yep. Uh, just boot camp. That's it. Just boot camp. That's okay. right. Okay, I'll put yep. that in the show notes as well. Thank you so much. That's lovely of you to to offer that. I so appreciate it. I so appreciate you. I just love spending time with you.
2: Well, the feeling's mutual, Mm. and if you guys want to hear a great conversation that Connie and I had on my podcast, because you were one of my favorite podcast guests, we had a fabulous conversation, and I highly recommend that the resource Connie mentioned at the very beginning of her episode, the CSA, you go get and check out. It's such a fun exercise to do, but um, my podcast is Guts, Grit, and Great Business, and Connie and I had an awesome conversation on there, so I'm just going to put a plug in for you there. Thank
1: you. Yes, that was that was fun. And again, brilliant, um, just brilliant. You're just brilliant to hang out with. So thank you. Thank you for being you. Thank you for being on my show. Thank you for sharing your brilliance. And just what wonderful information for my listeners and even, again, my corporate uh, listeners that have that side hustle, super important, Heather. Mm-hmm. As always, just love spending time with you. Um, truly, truly enjoy you. Thank you, thank you,
2: mm, thank you, Connie. So great to be here.
1: Always a pleasure. And you. you guys, I hope you will join me weekly as we question, build, and discover that no matter where you are in business, my my guests and I, we really are here to try to give you strategies, tips, ideas, and just things for you to be aware aware of and mindful of. So we try to get rid of those Blind spots for you so that we can protect you because sometimes we just need protection from our own ignorance or unknowing, right? So, um, again, Mm -hmm. I hope my guests and I provide those tips and strategies that you can implement immediately and hopefully change your life and your business and your clients' lives as well. Um, Thank you for joining me, Heather. Thank you all for joining um, and listening to the Heart Centered Sales Leader podcast with me, your Heart Centered Sales Leader and host, Connie Whitman, on webtalkradio.net. Again, everyone. You know, I love having you with me. I truly am honored to have you on this journey with me and tune in next week. You know, I'm going to have another great guest with great content, and hopefully we can make changes in your life that will just uh, make life easier. And that's always what I'm looking for. So have a great week, everybody. Thanks again for tuning in. Bye.
0: You've been listening to the Heart Centered Sales Leader Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to hear Connie Whitman and her expert guests share tips, tools, and strategies that can be implemented immediately. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with your friends. Tune in every week for more exciting insights and strategies on increasing your business's ROI. And always remember, lead with heart and your sales will follow.